the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As Jesus talks about little children in the gospel, there is a subtle transfer of meaning. He placed a child in the midst of his disciples and said, unless ye are converted and become as little children, ye cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then he spoke of the danger of giving offense to one of these, quote, little ones who believe in me. Because, he says, in heaven their angels always behold the face of my father. It is unclear at this point whether Jesus is talking about actual little children or those who have been converted and become as little children. The most likely answer is that he means, at least on one level, both. God is certainly not happy with people who offend actual little children, and God is not happy with people who offend those who have become children of God through faith. But the emphasis is most likely on people of faith, and the guardian angels clarify the issue. Jesus says their angels always behold the face of my father. If Jesus were talking only about actual little children, the implication would be that somewhere along the road from being a little child to being an adult, you'd lose your guardian angel. But if Jesus is talking about all who become children of God through faith, the implication is that all children of God in Christ have a guardian angel. This has been a generally accepted part of the tradition. It may seem odd to refer to an adult human being as, quote, a little one, but this is one implication of being, quote, born again, and it is one reason Nicodemus had trouble understanding the concept in John chapter 3. Nicodemus asked Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? 1 John addresses its exhortations to, quote, my little children. As Martin Thornton observes in his book, Christian Proficiency, the spiritual maturity of the average adult Christian is that of a small child. This is hard for some to understand and accept. Many who are influential in the world or accomplished in their secular vocations are daunted by the realization that they know very little about the kingdom of God, the nature of sin, or progress in virtue. To advance, to grow from infancy to maturity, they must indeed become as little children. Others are hindered by presuming that they are farther along than they really are. Presumption undermines growth because it leads one to take on challenges one is not ready for. This leads to failure in the spiritual battle and loss of faith. Like someone who presumes to drive a race car without training, gets in the car and promptly crashes the car on the first lap around the track. 
A mature Christian, one who has begun to enter into spiritual adulthood, has the ability to see and experience all of life through the lens of the kingdom. An immature Christian views faith as a way to aid or manage life in the world. A mature Christian views life in the world as a means to the end of progress in the faith. An immature Christian says, why is God doing this to me? A mature Christian says, what is God doing in me through this? This perspective is hard to integrate into our lives. This is why we must become like children, learning the truths about our Heavenly Father from the very beginning. We grow from infancy to maturity through the life of prayer over time. As we participate in liturgy, as we habitually connect our lives and time with God and eternity, this eternal perspective grows in us. As we practice daily prayer, and as we read the scriptures and begin to integrate its message into our lives, we begin to think the way God thinks. A four-year-old can only become a more mature 14-year-old through 10 years of actual eating, drinking, and growing. A spiritual infant can only become a spiritual adult through participation in the disciplines of grace that foster growth over relatively long periods of time. Our gospel suggests that angels aid in this process. This makes a lot of sense on a practical level. It is a very big universe, and it's no surprise that God created a whole host of beings to help him in the work of governing it. It makes sense that our Heavenly Father created beings to help him raise his children. Angels are often seen as beings that save us from temporal danger. Thus, we attribute the avoidance of an accident to the presence of an angel. Now, we can never know when or how an angel or angels might intervene in temporal affairs to change some temporal result. But we can know that this is not their primary function in the creation. The problem with seeing angels primarily as temporal saviors is this. What happens when we or someone we love is not saved from the accident? We'd have to conclude that the guardian angel was asleep at the switch. Our enemies in the spiritual battle are not death and tragedy. Our enemies, as the collect for the 18th Sunday after Trinity says, our enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the primary danger is that these enemies will lead us to guilt, shame, fear, despair, and loss of faith. If we die in faith, in Christ, this is seen as the victory from the eternal perspective. 
as Revelation says, quote, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Angels help us in the spiritual battle. They help us to win in our small battles the victory that St. Michael and all the angels won in the heavenly war described in our lesson from Revelation. St. Michael and all angels carried out the implications of the cross in heaven, and we are called to carry out the implications of the cross in our battles on earth. We face a battle because it is God's will that we be tested. This is how children become adults. It is also God's will that we pass the test. And this is why God gives us resources we need to succeed. God gives us the internal help of the Holy Spirit, and God gives us the external help of the angels. In 2 Kings, a story is told about the prophet Elisha in a city surrounded by enemies. Quote, when the servant of Elisha arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. God gives us inner strength and external allies. First John tells us, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Second Kings tells us that those who are with us are more than those who are with the evil one. Thus we pray on the feast of St. Michael and all angels, quote, Grant that as thy holy angels always do thee service in heaven, so by thy appointment they may succor and defend us on earth through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.